Hey, soccer players. Today is a very special episode. It's the first in our series about Ramadan and how you as a soccer player or coach should learn more about it so that way you can perform at your best throughout this holiday period. So stay tuned and hope you enjoy the show. Let's start out very, very basic. Will a six-pack help me as a soccer player? Logically. Why pre-game meals are important. If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get to that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history, imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't you know some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is you have to get stronger. Hello, soccer players. Welcome to the latest episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It's me, your co-host, Andy, with my main man, Berg. Berg, how you doing today, bro? Bro, I am. I'm exhausted, man. I'm. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I've been running around all day. Yeah, I told you, I we we in the process of buying a new house, so we we in a closing stage of it. So we had to meet some lawyers today. Had to run to the house, you know, check if everything is ready. Uh, crunch the numbers because we 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 spend like a lot of money buying like furnitures and stuff like that. So we got to make sure that we have a couple levels just in case. <laughs> I lose my job <laughs> like within the next two weeks I have a an income to pay for at least you know the next two or three months of of, of my mortgage so it's it's been it's been chaotic man how about you how you doing doing good man I'm honestly this is this is the time of day where my brain is at its ultimate potential because Ooh. I've recently become nocturnal and like this right now it's like the middle of my day so I, I'm energized ready to go and everything like that man good to be young it's good to yes, be young. sir but today is a very very special episode it's our first in our series about ramadan and we have a very special guest my classmate um who's soon to be a doctor of pt whoop, whoop. we have yusra go ahead and introduce yourself yusra tell us what you're about and yeah we're happy to have you on the show hey y'all ramadan mubarak thanks for having me um yeah so like andy said my name is yusra iftikhar i'm a third year along with andy for another how many days andy 14 days exactly two no days. less than that less than that yeah like that. 10 11 days how many days does april have andy 30 <laughs> well, you have to really think about that oh wow <laughs> i thought you had your peak potential <laughs> what <laughs> what happened exposed early on no no um no thank you guys for having me i'm, I'm really excited to be here it's funny because i'm actually a very big fan of y'all's i don't know a whole whole lot about training for soccer things like that but um as a former parks and recreation player and soccer referee myself i'm excited to be here but yeah like i said i'm a third year along with andy for now um i have a blog at uh, the dptdiaries.com so that is where i've been talking a lot of uh, about uh, ramadan stuff and i've written some blog posts about ramadan and fasting and its impact on my own kind of physical and mental health for um websites like the national eating disorder association uh recovery warriors and then like i said again for for my own blog the dpt diary so it's really exciting to be here now talking about it on this episode with y'all yeah for sure and if you guys are practicing the holiday at all or if you want to learn more um user is definitely the person and the blog to connect with so 
at the BPT Diaries on Instagram. It'll be linked in the show notes and linked in our, our promotional material. Definitely check that out. Thanks, guys. So um, first of all, we'll, we'll start with a pretty tough question. Um, we're obviously very, very um, accepting and open of different cultures, but there are right. some people in the world that, that may not be the same. So let's say you have a soccer player or a coach next to you who either doesn't know much about the holiday or wants to learn more about it. First of all, why should anybody really care about Ramadan if, if you're not practicing? Yeah, I think... I think that is a really tough question. And I think too, it's sometimes it's not even about not being, you know, open and accepting, but there's only so much that we can all care about at one time, right? We all have our own kind of bandwidth. And once we get beyond that, it's tough. And so I think the thing with Ramadan that makes it important is not so much that it matters to, honestly, you know, the the fastest growing religious group on the planet. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily has to matter from a cultural perspective, just because like I said, I think for me, like I am Muslim and um, technically I'm an immigrant. I wasn't born in the United States. And so for me, of course it matters. And it would be easy for me to shake my friends and say, why don't you care? Why don't you care just because I care? But the reason I think it's so important is because it absolutely has a mental and physical impact on each person who fasts during Ramadan, whether you um, observe Ramadan for the entire, you know, approximately 30 days, or you fast once, um, whether you you fast in a way to where you're drinking water throughout, or you don't, like any sort of new experience that you enter into when you know that you're going to have a lack of something, and then also have this addition of typically a lot of community time, a lot of time with friends and family, um, a lot more time with the faith, there's going to be some sort of shift. Um, and then you asked me about, you know, if there was a soccer player or a coach sitting next to me, imagine going all day without food, without water, you're going to be hangry, right? So there's <laughs> that aspect of it. Not having water for me is the most difficult aspect because I get very um, hypotensive and uh, I start to get dizzy. People start to get confused without food and water. Um, now I want to get into like the safety of fasting later on um, because it's definitely not one of those things that's meant to be like a punishment or torture or anything like that. Um, it's actually a very wonderful, exciting time of the year, but it is something that players and coaches are going to have to take into account because it's going to inevitably have some sort of impact on the body. And for some people, in fact, it makes them feel like they're more focused, like they have more energy. So um, I joked about being playing parks and rec soccer when I was younger, but we used to play through fasting and uh, our games would be in the middle of the day on a Saturday. And so then we had the entire rest of the day left until sunset to fast. So it wasn't even like we were playing and then we would get to drink water right after the game. We still had several hours left that we had to go without food and water. Uh, usually that time was spent napping. Um, but when you're a higher level athlete, you have to think about nutrition so constantly that when there's such a big shift in when you're getting your calories and the type of calories you might start intaking during Ramadan, um, it's in some way likely to affect your play. So I don't know anything about Ramadan, right? But from Perfect. what you just mentioned, it seems like it's about fasting. You, from what I'm understanding, you are not allowed to eat and even you're not allowed to even drink water. Is that, is that how it works? Is that, is that what it is? Yeah. And it's, it's about, it's fasting and 
It is fasting. So yeah. So if it's okay, I'm going to give a little bit of a basis on what Ramadan yeah, is. Yeah, no, please, please um, do. Yeah. So, so Ramadan itself is the name of the ninth month of the Islamic calendar. So Islam has its own calendar. It's 12 months mm-hmm. long, uh, but it's based on the moon. So it's called the lunar calendar. Um, what that means is it differs a little bit from our months, January, February, March, etc., in that the dates of, uh, of, of Ramadan and all the other months shift a little bit. So they shift up in the year about like 10 days a year. Um, so when I was younger, Ramadan was during the winter time. And that was really easy uh, to fast from food, water, mint, uh, gum, smoking, etc. because the days were so short. And so uh-huh. the time this you can eat, so there's an interval. So I've been asked before, is it like intermittent fasting? And I say sort of in that there's a set interval in which you can eat and a set interval in which you cannot. So the way it works is... Uh, you you fast from food and water, but mo- even more importantly than that, from gossiping, from arguing, from assuming you know bad intentions in other people, from talking back to your parents, from getting frustrated and rolling your eyes at your teachers, uh, from <laughs> wow the first prayer time. We have five prayer times throughout the day, every single day, even outside of Ramadan. From the time the first prayer time starts up until the fourth of the fifth of the five prayer times. So currently, I think in the United States, the fasting time is around 16 hours. So once that prayer time hits, which a lot of us have like an app or a website that we go to to know exactly down to the minute when that prayer time starts, you put your food down, you don't have any of that, and you try to maintain your absolute best character up until sunset. Now, after sunset, you still maintain your best character because that stays throughout the entire month, but you can eat, you can drink whatever you want. Um, but, but, the, but Ramadan itself is, is the name of the month. So it would be like saying January, February, but within that month, it's also a month of fasting. Um, so that's one part of it is you kind of, the, the food and drink are almost the least important part of Ramadan, that is just sort of to put you in this mindset of it's Ramadan, I'm fasting. Uh, Because the more important parts are, like I said, the abstaining from gossiping, abstaining from um, anything that might sort of taint your character, um, you could say. Now, it's also a really big time for like social justice work, giving in charity, Um, you know, little things. So not to get too controversial, but uh, there's a term that I think a lot of people are familiar with, but I think a lot of people don't know what it means. And that's the word jihad. Have you all heard Mm -hmm. that word before? Yeah, yeah. And so it's likely that you've heard it in a very negative context. What jihad means is uh, it translates like a struggle, some sort of struggle that you're having in the name of God. Now, has it been misused by Muslims and non-Muslims? Of course. Um, But when you get down to it, jihad just means struggling in the way of God. Um, And so little things like getting out of bed 10 minutes earlier to help your mom make breakfast for the whole family. That's a jihad if that's really tough for you. Studying for boards while you're fasting is tough, but you're doing it so that you can eventually then go help people, you know, find recovery for themselves. That's your jihad. And so for me, like my jihad the last two years was Ramadan in PT school because it was really lonely. I'm the only Muslim as far as I know. um, And Andy, you could probably confirm like in our entire class. Um, and it's any experience that you go into that's going to completely kind of shift how your day works is a lot harder to do when you're alone. Um, so all these like mini jihads throughout the day in the way of God 
trying to kind of put aside your own needs in terms of like food and water um, and, and work towards sort of the betterment of and for others and for your community. So for example, my dad um, was part of this leadership group that started a free medical clinic here in Evansville, Indiana. And then they also now run a mobile food pantry. So a lot of our Ramadan has been, we, my sister and I went grocery shopping today to buy all the food for the food pantry and things like that while we're fasting. So is it a little bit tougher when you haven't had food and water? Yeah. Is it absolutely you know, worth it? Um, of course. And today's fast was the easiest of all of my fasts. And the other two fasts I've done have been at home lounging around. And those were way tougher on me. So let me get this straight. So you can't, you can't eat throughout the day or before, before sunset. You can't mm-hmm. drink water. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you, you can't swear. Correct. <laughs> you can't swear. You have to be in your best behavior. Man, parents must be going Parents must be super happy right now because uh, their child is just on their best behavior. So if I'm watching a soccer game and the ref makes a mistake, I can't right. swear at the ref. Right. Is that what you're saying? You can't. I mean, you could. <laughs> you know, you could. And uh, have y'all heard the phrase? And I, to be to be very transparent, I don't know where this comes from. So. I'm not totally sure the science behind it, but it takes about 30 days, 21 days to build a habit, right? So that is a mindset that a lot of people will try to go by as well. So if you're trying to stop swearing, then Ramadan is is as good a time as any, right? To to try not to. Yeah, people are going to slip up. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, I have two young, I have three younger siblings, two of whom I lived with. The youngest is 12. So we're not not fighting <laughs> you know there's constant argument all the oh, time so but you can't wait till it's sunset yeah 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 no no the, all the all the not gossiping all that stuff it, well and so the, the thing is you know not talking badly about people giving lots of money in charity working in social justice work should be happening year round right ideally yeah. we would all be doing that all the time for each other but it's hard it's hard to maintain something 365 days a year so why not just go all in for 30 days and then outside of it if you want to drop the habit that you may have just adopted then fine you know that's kind of between you and god but um i really love that this month sort of because it's so communal even during quarantine like we have zoom meetings constantly going with our friends and um talking about the faith and doing almost like our version of like a bible study um there's still prayer is done in congregation a lot of times at the mosque which is uh the like islamic version of like a temple or a church mm-hmm. um and we're, we're still praying as a family at home every single prayer so um we found a way to make it something that's fun um and i think that's a misconception about ramadan and something that i've heard a lot uh and it comes from the best of intentions is oh my goodness, you, you must hate this. Or my gosh, when is the torture over? Basically asking me what time is sunset. And for me, it's always been so difficult to figure out how to respond because a lot of Muslims love Ramadan. And this is like our Christmas, but like a month long, you know? And like we, we wait for this month and we always, uh, a lot of us will thank God that we made it to this month, especially in this time of mm-hmm. you know, COVID-19 when everybody's health is so up in the air um, and everyone's well-being is so uncertain that Ramadan is the best. And when it's outside of quarantine, like you're constantly in the mosque, you're constantly getting invited to dinner parties, things like that. Like it's just a month-long party and also a month-long time of just like 
throwing yourself into your faith and like getting to learn all this new stuff and just spending time with God that um, the fasting part becomes fun as well. And anyone can give up food for 16 hours when you get to have all that extra fun stuff that comes with it. I hear you. So let's say you're, you're a player or a coach and one of your teammates or players um, is celebrating what can they do to kind of accommodate them? Because it, it is tough. If, like, let's say you have a full team, a full squad of 23 players, yep. and one of them is practicing and, and is very restricted in terms of what they can and can't do throughout the day. Like, what, what can they do to help them out? I think, I think that that question is really great to ask anybody. So I think that, you know, if you're on a team with a Muslim who's fasting for Ramadan, I think it would be great to reach out to that person and say, how, how can I accommodate you? You know, how can I help? Because I think it's going to differ for every person. So for example, people get really, really nervous eating in front of me and they think that it's going to be in some way triggering or that it's going to make my fast harder. To me, I almost don't notice. I've been um, fasting since I was like 13. I'm 27 now. Um, it absolutely doesn't bother me at all when I'm fasting if other people are eating in front of me, but it could be difficult for other people. Um, I was listening to an Islamic lecture today by an Islamic scholar, and um, he was talking about how there's actually extra blessings when you are in the presence of other people who are eating and you're not. Um, and that goes back to the idea of like the struggle, you know, and being willing to sacrifice and persevere through that. But I think that asking the players what's going to be best for them is going to be the most helpful. I think that if, if, you're, if you spend a lot of time with your team, thinking about what you're doing in terms of social activities, and if you're willing to change those up during this month, that could be really helpful because it can make your teammate feel a lot less alone. So meaning a lot of times Muslims like don't go to like the club and stuff, right? Even outside of Ramadan. Like that's not really something that um, is super, super common, at least not in like my circle. So um, I guess now's a good time for me to say like anything that I say on this podcast, you know, just comes from like my experiences mm -hmm. and those of my friends that they've shared with me. I'm not here to like speak on behalf of all Muslims or all Muslim athletes or anything like that. But um, I think that thinking about the times of the social activities, so it's currently 11 o'clock central. So it's midnight for, for y'all, right? Um, and that was by my request because I said, well, I'm going to be kind of useless during the day. Can we record this podcast in the middle of the night? Um, and y'all are very gracious about it. But that's one of those things where it was like you had to accommodate me because you're probably not filming or not recording all your podcast episodes at midnight. Um, and so just thinking about all the different times in which food or drink might be involved and think about are you willing to change that up at all in a way that might be more accommodating for the other person's schedule? Um, at Duke, we had a day where some of our classmates and some of our faculty fasted with me. And that was huge because they only did it for a day. But the solidarity that I felt coming out of that um, was huge. And I could name every person that did it. And I continue to sing their praises behind their back to everybody that I meet anytime Ramadan comes up because it's not easy to do something, you know, for us, we've been doing it this our whole lives and um, we're used to it and we know it's coming. But if you are a player and you know you have to go train and you know you, you have to be running around, you're going to be sweating, you're going to want water and whatever else um, to be willing to, uh, 
engage in that experience with your Muslim friend is going to be huge for them. Um, they likely aren't expecting you to, to fast, right? Nobody's obligated to do anything that doesn't fit within their own kind of culture and faith. Um, but if that's something that you think could be fun and some, uh, a way to like connect with your teammate, then that's one way I think that like, it's all, it always surprises me when non-Muslims fast with me, um, but it always sticks with me. And I could tell you every single person that's ever fasted with me. Um, and it's surprisingly a lot of people. Um, and the cool thing is when it's over, everyone always says, oh, that wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. And like, oh, I could probably do that for the next few days. So um, a lot of people say, oh, I could never do that. And you totally could. <laughs> it's really, really not that bad, um, especially when you're only going to do it for a day or two. So I think that's one way to do it. And then, you know, kind of depending on what level you're playing at and where you're playing, if there's any way to switch up the schedule, I think that would be great. You know, if you were able to play at night, if you're able to do workouts at night, training at night, um, it's, it's tough because like I said, it, it's going to depend on the person. Some people find more energy during the day and would rather just go ahead and work out during the day and spend more time with um, the holy book, the Quran at night, more time in prayer at night, more time with family at night. Um, but if you're on like a traveling team, for example, and you're not going to be doing some of those things and it would be easier for you to eat first, get some nourishment into the body and then work out, then um, if it's possible to switch around schedules, you know, there's not, there's likely not, not going to be ever a Muslim that's going to expect you to change mm -hmm. anything for them because this is their choice to fast, you know, um, they chose this religion for themselves. And so no one's ever going to expect necessarily or uh, a change, um, especially not a widespread one. When you're in the minority, you don't really expect the majority to adopt an entirely new schedule or new habit. But that's why it means so much to do even the smallest thing, um, like getting dinner with someone an hour later than you, you would have. Um, I'm always surprised when my friends are willing to get dinner with me at 9 p.m. because that's when my fast would break whenever we were at Duke. Um, but people are like, yeah, I mean, I'll eat a snack at 7.30 when I normally eat dinner and then we'll go out. Um, so just little things like that too. Anything that makes a person feel less alone. Mm. So you're telling me you can talk to the player themselves, ask them personally um, what could make them feel more comfortable or more, more likely to perform at a higher level. You can alter your team activities make something so that it's more inclusive that they can participate in. And you can even have the team um, participate in a day of fasting or even a few days if possible to just try to get the team on the same page and say, hey, this is what we're all participating in together. Yeah, I think it can definitely build camaraderie whenever you're, you're all going through something together. So I think that, yeah, everybody fasting together, um, to me, that would seem like kind of the most immersive way of everyone connecting on this. Let's let's switch. Let's talk about how you're seeing fit right now during this time of Ramadan, right? And then we can enter from your experience to a soccer player. So as you said, workout schedule is gonna be after sunset. It's correct, right? How are you how's your working working out schedule right now? How are you how are you going about it? It's um quite reduced <laughs> from what I was doing. Um, I'm very lucky that I'm not actually training for anything right now. Is it uh, because of Ramadan or is it because of yeah, COVID-19 yeah. or both? Uh, well, I guess both. Uh, mostly, mostly Ramadan though. I had started, um, have y'all heard of BBG? Um, 
It's by no. Kayla Tsina. She's a personal trainer, but um, it's a it's a pretty popular program, uh, like a workout program. And I had started that the week before Ramadan, and it kicked my butt. So I took a couple of days off, and then every day during Ramadan, I've told myself I was gonna do it after I ate dinner, and just I don't know, my <laughs> my energy's not there. But it's so. When I was like 21, 22, I would go to Zumba every day, and I went before sunset. Um, I would go work out, I'd go to the gym, I'd run, and uh, my body could handle it. And that's where I found a lot of my energy. So I would go work out for like an hour, and I was fine. Um, of course, I was at a little bit of like a lower intensity. Um, but yeah, and so I think that, yeah, I think, so right now I would say mostly I'm just like going on walks before breaking my fast, mm -hmm. uh, like with my family. And that's kind of like my working out. If I get into higher intensity stuff at night, we'll see. But um, I worked with a personal trainer both years I was at Duke and we would always work out before sunset because after sunset was like 8, 8.30 PM. And at that point, the personal trainers like weren't training anymore. So what we would do is schedule me um, as close to pos as possible to sunset. So I would be the very last appointment. Um, and I've spoken with a registered dietitian about this before, about how do we accommodate our patients who are going to be fasting. And, um, you know, for you guys, it's a lot of people are, that are listening are the players. Um, and she said, try and schedule people an activity either as close to when they have eaten or when they will eat. So that means either the first appointment in the day or the very last. Now, I don't know that I would want to wake up super early right after I've gone to bed because a lot of people are staying up throughout the night, going to bed at 5, 6 a.m. I don't know that anyone wants to wake up at 8 a.m. just a couple hours later and work out. No um, way. <laughs> but if you can if someone feels like their energy level is the highest kind of right when they have that incentive of I get to drink water right after this, then um, that can be helpful too. And typically like if you're playing soccer and you're training outside, the sun's starting to go down, it's a little cooler. Uh, so in the summer months, it's not kind of as the sun's not as uh, abrasive um, and it's a little bit easier to, to work out when it's a little cooler when you're fasting. So um, yeah, I think that scheduling, training or workouts or lifts or whatever as close to the time that you can have food or drink is the most helpful because I found that I've been able to push through like the last few sets of some exercises because I knew the reward is coming yeah, afterwards. Yeah. I knew there was a Gatorade <laughs> in my locker waiting for me. So I would just, uh, be really, really focused in on the exercise, tell myself like 10 more sets and like in my periphery, I'd be watching the sun going down out the window uh at our at our school gym and that seemed to work the best for me that sounds energizing i'm not gonna lie like yeah. you're working and I, I could probably see this happening in in wilson which is the the gym at, yep. at duke right now you sort of like you're pumping sets out yeah. you know and you look to the right you see the beautiful sunset absolutely and like it ends at the same time the sun goes down boom straight yep. to the locker room and then boom yep. it, it, it's game time ready for that gatorade yep. go upstairs maybe grab a snack from the from the gym cafe because you know you gotta it sounds really great i, I kind of like this food, yeah, must, food must taste so much better oh my gosh <laughs> food is the best and like i said ramadan is just such a time of like for science it's so funny because for a lot of families there's a lot of foods that are kind of staples during ramadan same way with like turkey and stuffing and things like that during Thanksgiving, like you can, you can have them outside of Thanksgiving. There's no rule against it, but it seems like that's what's expected. And so there's a lot of foods that um, are staples of Ramadan. And for some reason they are all fried. 
every single one of them is some form of fried food. And I remember one Ramadan, I went without eating any of it. I didn't have any juice. It was just water for me, some Gatorade, some chocolate milk after I'd run. And I was working out every day. And I reminisce on that time all the time because that is not me now. Um, I discovered a whole new like food group today that's like all fried stuff mm-hmm. and like fell in love with it. So yeah, so food tastes fantastic. I'm sipping my coffee right now, my huge, huge thing of coffee. Um, yeah, it, and I will say water tastes so much better <laughs> during Ramadan. So I know it doesn't have a taste, but that first sip of water is everything. Mm. Uh, well, we, we got a few minutes left here. Let's close out by doing this. If you could give one piece of advice to a soccer player and a second piece of advice to a soccer coach, mm-hmm. um, what would it be throughout this time? I think that starting with the soccer player, my one piece of advice would be to just maintain open communication with your team and your coach. Let them know when Ramadan is coming up because you'll know when it's coming. You can Google when Ramadan is, you know, 10 years from now. Have them ready. Help them to gain a basic understanding, which is like a baseline kind of like, here's how it works. Here's how long it runs. Here's why we do it. This is why it's important to me. And give them a little bit of an idea of what sort of impacts it might have on your body. So, um, and, and that's why, where it really helps to know yourself during Ramadan. So paying attention to yourself while you're fasting, do you have more energy? Are you able to run longer, faster when you're fasting, or do you get a little bit sluggish and slowed down? And what I found is it's not fair to go to someone who's, who's not of your faith, um, and expect them to just have all the solutions ready for you. You know, it's just not realistic. So anything that was kind of faith-based for me at Duke, I tried to make sure, and I probably didn't do a very good job of this in the beginning, but tried to make sure that I always went with solutions. So to a player, not to add, you know, more, more work to your plate, but I would say go, with, go in with solutions. And for examples of solutions, you know, Google what a lot of these like big athletes are doing. Um, Andy, we talked about like Ennis Kenter in the NBA. There's multiple NFL players who fast while they're training and uh, do a lot of what's going to fit your schedule. So like I said, think about training at night instead of training during the day, if that's possible. Think about what nutritional needs you're going to have and increase water intake, things like that. From a coach's perspective, just be forgiving of your player and just be, just pay attention. Um, Make sure that you're in tune to what's going on with your player. Remind yourself when they're fasting and if you can slip, Uh, switch up your schedule and your team schedule to accommodate them um it means a lot even if it's just for one month all right cool we are almost out of time here i just wanted to say thank you so much thank you very very much of course gave so much helpful information um once again share everyone where they can find you if they have questions share your blog again let's get it all out there yeah, so on Instagram, I'm the DPT Diaries. Um, on Twitter, I'm just my whole name, Yusra Iftikhar. Um, those are the two best ways to find me. And then my blog, the dptdiaries.com. I try to update that best I can. All right, perfect. And all of those will be linked in the show description as well. Thank you so much, Yusra. Thanks for having me.